Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Did you know the words for and on require action, especially in the context of waiting for the Lord and waiting on the Lord? Pastor J.D. explains the importance of every believer knowing this difference, implementing it in their lives, and remembering that God does this too, so it must be essential to the life of all who profess Jesus. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on September 17th, 2023. Today's teaching, I'm actually really looking forward to this because it's going to be a message of encouragement. For the, You could use some encouragement, right? It's a message of encouragement for those who find themselves just beat down and need to be lifted up. What I'm hoping to accomplish with today's update is redirect all of our attention, myself included, back on the Lord in order to just wait for the Lord. And it's not just waiting for the Lord, it's waiting on the Lord, which I realize may seem synonymous. However, there is a bit of a difference. And if you'll kindly allow me to, I'll start with Isaiah in order to explain why this is of paramount importance in terms of Bible prophecy at this time in human history. Let's start with Isaiah 30, 18. Therefore, the Lord will wait. Wait. The Lord will wait? Yeah. Why? That He may be gracious to you. And therefore, He will be exalted that He may have mercy on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for Him. Isaiah 64, 4. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God besides you who, listen, acts for the one who waits for him. Isaiah 40. This is a friend to many, (laughs) a favorite of many. I'll begin reading in verse 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, 
neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He, verse 29, gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. You'll forgive me, I really like verse 30 at my age, because Isaiah then goes on to write, inspired by the Spirit, even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. That's what I'm talking about right there. Old men, unite. But, verse 31, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Why am I starting out this way? Because first there's a delineation of sorts concerning waiting on and for the Lord. Let me explain. Oftentimes the Lord may deem it necessary to Himself wait in order that He might be gracious to us, merciful to us, so as to in turn bless those who wait for Him. Did you catch that? In other words, the Lord will wait, which means we also must wait, because the Lord has deemed fit to wait. And by the way, we want Him to wait. It's been said that God is never late, and God is never late, but neither is God early. And truth be made known, you and I don't want Him to be early. Think of it like this. The Lord's going to wait, delay if you prefer, because He has something better. And if He were to do what He's going to do now, it wouldn't be as good as what He wants to do then. So he's going to wait. So just wait. Yeah, but I hate to wait. Well, just wait. You're going to wait for him. Because what you're waiting for him to do is going to be such a blessing for you. He's going to be gracious to you. And he's going to be merciful to you. God's delays are not God's denials. I know that's cliche, but it's true. Second, the Lord may also deem it necessary for us to wait on Him, not just for Him, in order to renew our strength when we become weary. And this because waiting on the Lord can also carry with it the idea of a waiter. Oh, that I know that's politically incorrect. You're a server. Okay, fine. We don't call them waiters and waitresses or stewards or stewardesses. No, they're, I'm sorry, I'm getting myself into trouble. It's a gift. They're called flight attendants now. Okay. I don't know why I went there, but I did, and so that was no extra charge. But these are waiters. We used to call them waiters. They would wait on you, the waiter. Waiter! Is that too much? Am I taking it too far? You got the point. Stay with me. This is waiting on the Lord. And it's, it's like you're waiting on Him, serving Him at His table, the table of 
your master, and you're waiting on him, and you're serving him. So either way, to wait on or wait for the Lord is not meant to be passive. What are you doing? I'm just waiting. You're just waiting? Yeah, I'm just waiting. That's not what waiting on the Lord means, or even waiting for the Lord means. Either way, waiting on, waiting for, it's active, not passive. We're to be active in our serving of the Lord and, watch this, even speeding the return of the Lord. What? Oh, come on. For those of you who were with us for our verse-by-verse study through First and Second Peter, do you remember this peculiar verse in the first part of Second Peter 3.12? The Apostle Peter, by the Holy Spirit, writes that as we look forward to the day of God, we can speed its coming. We can speed its coming? Please tell me how. I'm going to. How do we speed its coming? We speed its coming when we share and by prayer get Jesus to people and people to Jesus. See, there's that last Gentile that has to get saved. And I know this is not... I think they're going to have to put that last Gentile into witness protection for all of eternity. You know what I mean? Because if we know who that last one was, you would be like, you! Okay. Anyway, pray for me, because I think about things like that. But that's how we can speed His coming. It's when we wait on the Lord by our serving of the Lord, that our strength will be renewed in the Lord. And I know that's a clever way to use the pronouns. But not only is our strength renewed, joy is returned. This is Nehemiah 8.10. The joy of the Lord is your strength. That's how the strength comes. You're weary? (laughs) Wait on the Lord. Serve the Lord and you'll have your strength renewed in the Lord. And Scripture is replete, by the way, with those used mightily by the Lord, who waited on and for the Lord, receiving renewed strength from the Lord. In 1 Samuel 30, David, I love David, can't wait to meet him. So you know about a 600 men, right? that were with him loyal men, well, they returned to Ziklag, only to find it burned to the ground, and infinitely worse, their wives and children taken captive by the Amalekites. And it's hard to imagine, but the detail in the narrative is breathtaking. The pain on the part of these men, these are warriors, okay? It is so intense that they break down and cry until they have no more strength in their bodies left to cry anymore. I would venture to say that their tear ducts had dried up and they were reduced to just moaning and groaning. Then David, in his great distress, knowing that his men are turning on him and wanting to kill him, strengthens himself in the Lord. How does David strengthen himself in the Lord? 
by waiting on and for the Lord and inquiring of the Lord, he's strengthened in the Lord. Are you making this connection? It's going to be germane to our understanding of what we're going to see here in a moment in terms of Bible prophecy. So he is strengthened now in the Lord, and by doing this, it results in the miraculous defeat of the Amalekites, even taking all of their spoil, and then some plus more times ten. And, as only God can and is always faithful to, He fully restores and returns their wives and their children, all of whom were unharmed, untouched. That's a miracle unto itself. And this is just one of many examples and experiences, both victories and defeats, successes and failures, that inspired by the Holy Spirit, David would pen many psalms as the sweet psalmist of Israel. Psalm 27, 13 and 14. This has been for me over the years a life verse. David by the Spirit writes, I would have lost heart. I came that close. Unless I had believed, or as some of your translations render it, still had confidence that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In other words, I almost gave up. I almost lost heart. I almost tossed in the towel. I almost called it quits, except that I still believe that I would see good come out of this bad, because only God could take something this bad and bring good. And I'm going to see that good, but I got to wait. Remember as a kid, just wait, you'll see. Hated it when I heard those words. Just wait, you'll see. No, I want to see now. I don't want to wait. No, just wait. You'll see. Well, these two verses are just wait. You'll see, as are several more, some of which we'll get to in a moment. Well, that's verse 14. So he, here he's at the end. He's at the end. And then he is almost like he's not, he's not, uh, it's not self-talk, it's talking to self. You know the, the difference? I know I've shared this before, just bear with me. You know, there's a difference between self-talk and talking to self. And throughout the Psalms, particularly Psalm 42 and 43, which many believe are actually one Psalm, David does it repeatedly. He has a talk with himself like, boy, sit down, we need to talk. And he says to himself, why are you in such despair? <laughs> you will again have reason to praise the Lord. Why are you? He's talking to himself. So he's, he's having a talk with himself, and he's telling himself, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he, listen, shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Let's go to Psalm 37. This is again a friend to many, Psalm 37. I want to draw your attention to verse 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret because of Him who prospers in His way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. 
And then verse 34 of Psalm 37, wait on the Lord and keep his way and he shall exalt you to inherit the land when the wicked are cut off. You shall see it. Wait and see. Just wait, you'll see. (laughs) Is it just me? Just wait, you'll see. Wait, you'll see. Right there. Let's talk about Elijah. There's another, ah, I can't wait to meet this guy. 1 Kings 19 verses 4 through 8. He has a complete meltdown. He breaks down in complete exhaustion and frustration. And if this isn't bad enough, he prays that he might die because he's had enough. No, read it. It's right there in the text. He wants to die. So an angel appears and says to him, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you, which he does. In fact, (laughs) I love this. That's all he does. He just eats and sleeps. This is biblical, guys. I just want you to know. That's my story, and I'm sticking with it. What are you doing? I'm eating and I'm sleeping. It's right here. It's biblical. So the result of this is he regains his strength in the Lord for the next 40 days and 40 nights, and he's going to need it. He mounts up with wings as eagles, and he runs and is not weary. He's now given strength because he's weak and tired and bust up. (laughs) In 1 Samuel 13 verses 8 through 12, we kind of flip it around with an example of Saul not waiting for the Lord. And instead he caves into the pressure when Samuel didn't come at the appointed time. He grows very impatient, and so do his men. Where's Samuel? He was supposed to be here. Seven days. He said, wait for me to come back. So we waited, and he didn't come. So what's Saul going to do? Well, he waits for seven days. Interesting detail again. Then who should happen to show up but Samuel? And he comes according to the, quote, set time. Very important. But it's too late. Saul did not wait. And to his own peril, he starts making excuses. And he attempts to justify his impatience in not waiting, waiting for the Lord. And you know what happens? It leads to his disobedience, costs him the kingdom, and ultimately and subsequently and eventually his life. And very interesting, again, detail in the narrative. He tells Samuel he felt compelled. Oh, you you felt, did you? Oh, you felt it. I'm not feeling it. Well, apparently Saul felt it. Oh, we, we walk by and live by feelings now, not faith. Hmm. We make decisions based on the feelings at the moment, and they turn out to be catastrophic. 
Ah, I wish I had time. We've talked about this, many examples of this, making far-reaching decisions, catastrophic decisions based on feelings, when you feel the arm of Jacob thinking it's Esau, because even though the word you heard sounded like Jacob, the feelings you felt were that of Esau, and you made a decision based on those feelings. That's a very abbreviated version of a very powerful example of making decisions in the, in the heat of the moment, if you will, because you felt compelled. It just feels so right. Watch out. Have you ever heard someone say, or even yourself said, how can something that feels so right be so wrong? Well, let's see. Sin is pleasurable for a season. That's another topic for another time. Let's get back to the update already in progress. Where are you going with all of this, Pastor? Well, here's where I'm going with all of this. We are all just like Saul at Gilgal, David at Ziklag, and Elijah in the wilderness at Beersheba. Do you agree with me when I say this, that any hope of strengthening ourselves in the Lord will only come by waiting on and for the Lord? Especially, let me take it a little bit further, with everything that's now happening in and to the world until the trumpet sounds and we're raptured out of the world. That's our only hope, as if the Lord gives strength to the weak. I want to, for the remainder of our time together today, expound on this with more specificity. And again, as I mentioned, why this is of paramount importance as it relates to Bible prophecy. So I've compiled another list. Hope you don't get tired of my list. It's more where that came from. But this particular list speaks to just waiting for the Lord and on the Lord in order that we might receive the strength of the Lord. And here's why. If there was ever a time that we needed the Lord to, as Isaiah writes, give power to those of us who are weak and increase the strength of those of us who are weary, that time is now. Simply put, it's getting really real and really hard. What do you mean? Well, you know, when Solomon in Ecclesiastes writes that with much knowledge comes much sorrow, the world has kind of coined it and dubbed it, ignorance is bliss. Well, sometimes I wish I was a little more ignorant <laughs> to have a little more bliss, because when you know the Word of God and the God of the Word, you know what's coming. And what comes packaged with that is a grieving and a sorrow. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Some of what you've heard today may have encouraged you in your faith, and at times it may have brought up more questions that you would like answered. If you're wanting to get in touch with us, go to jdfarag.org. 
and find the contact link at the bottom of the page. That's J-D-F-A-R-A-G dot O-R-G. There, you can let us know some of the questions you might have, and we'll get back to you and try to answer those questions as best we can. While you're on our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. If what Pastor J.D. shared today has you really confused about what it means to know Jesus and life beyond this life, there's a resource for you that might be helpful. At jdfarag.org, find the ABCs tab. This will walk you through what it means to have a saving knowledge of Jesus and what that means for you going forward. Once again, our website is jdfarag.org. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times and directions on our website. Just scroll to the bottom and click on Calvary. Again, that's jdfarag.org. Thanks for listening in to the Prophecy Update for today. We hope you'll join us for our next edition of In Spirit and Truth, where Pastor J.D. has much to share with you about what God's been putting on his heart. The Bible and its prophecies are not to be taken lightly. And so we'll keep digging in on In Spirit and Truth.